Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, I'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember when the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. I'm joined today by a very special guest, the one, the only, Eric Silver, head of creative at Multitude, the best DM in podcasting over at Join the Party, host of Games and Feelings and Tell Me About It, and lover of all things yummy. Oh my god, I did not tell you to say that. Hey, can you put it in my bio? I love it, yummy, please. Hi, I'm uh, five foot eleven. I have uh, dark hair and dark eyes and glasses, and I love tasty food. I love eating yummy. That sounds like someone's next profile. What's up? My name is Brayden. I'm 22 years old. Never learned how to read, and all my food is yummy. I want to be on this season of The Real World because I love yummy food. <laughs> uh, One thing about me, I love it yummy. And that's why I think I would be perfect on Are You the One? (laughs) They say love is blind, but I say love is yummy. (laughs) That's, oh my God. That's haunted. That's absolutely haunted. Sweet, sweet Lord. Oh, sweet Lord. Uh, All right, folks. (laughs) Today we are here to talk about something (laughs) that Eric and I both know is yummy. Stop, please. <laughs> I'm haunted. I'm cursed now. And of course, that yummy food is uh, the one, the only smoked salmon. It's lox, baby. It's happening. One of the words you need to know if you're going to survive at Scrabble. Yeah, let's uh, let's get into lox. Let's get into it. So right out the gate, obviously, uh, we're talking smoked salmon. We're talking lox. Let's uh, let's explain here. Why are we calling it lox and instead of just calling it smoked salmon? I, this burned me very early in my life because I grew up uh, Jewish, and lox was something prized. It was something beautiful. It was something very special because it's crazy expensive. If even mm-hmm. if you buy it in a package. Or you bought it at a actual bagel place. So when there was an opportunity for me to get smoked salmon, I saw, I was like, oh, I'm going to get this. And then you get to just get this like pile of fish. Not like the nice little shredded, oily, beautiful right. sliced <laughs> pile, but just like a pile of fish. And then you're like, I don't want this. And then it was like $15 and right. I have to, you have to eat it. So no, we're talking specifically <laughs> about lox because yes. lox is the stuff you have on bagels. If you're lucky. Yes. If you're lucky. If you're lucky in lox. Yeah. Lucky, I'm lucky in love, I'm lucky in locks, and that's why I'm going to be perfect on this season of The Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so to kind of like get into what the difference between smoked salmon and locks is, uh, smoked salmon is cured first and then smoked, but locks is just cured. Uh, it's usually saltier, and it's usually brined for longer, uh, but it's not smoked specifically. I think you could sometimes get smoked locks as well, but like, right. it's not like typical of it uh but yeah they are both you know cured salmon products uh they're both super delicious uh you have more of a soft spot for lox yeah i take it based on that story yeah smoked salmon also can also be like a uh i was gonna say a cutlet (laughs) but like it all 
I'm sorry, you're drinking. I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. It, it could be it could be kind of like a piece of salmon, which is not yeah. what I'm looking for in my sure. breakfast. So when I'm talking about lox, I mean like the thinly sliced thing. Um sure. I'm all, I will even accommodate gravlox, which is mm-hmm. not Jewish, but it's like it's Swedish. Uh, I'm looking up on a Food Network article right now. Grav in Swedish means grave, which is very funny. Uh, so I guess it's because it was pi- it was piled in a grave of salt. It, like it looked right. like a little a little grave. Uh, so then it, it's always like that. Very, it's very salty, and it almost always has a ton of dill on it, which again mm-hmm. I don't dislike. It's just something that feels it has like Nor- Norwegian, it has Nordic and Scandinavian flavorings instead of just like mm-hmm. the thing that I anticipate from lox um but i've been living in a lox heaven for years living in greenpoint brooklyn as i've talked about many times on this show uh one of my favorite things about it is the acme fish company where i get a ton of lox and it's kind of like a mainstay of my uh like adult life in new york city so i right. i feel like i've been thinking about lox so much because i've been able to like treat it like deli meat almost the thing is right. every friday I could go over to Acme Fish Company, which is like 10 blocks away from me. And it's actually the distribution plant for Acme. You might have seen it in your grocery stores. And they certainly, they they serve, they give all, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like giving, they they give all the food to the restaurants. Uh, They're distributors. Yeah, thank you. They distribute distribute to many popular delis and restaurants in New York City that Mm -hmm. serve this. Um, But on Fridays, you can go online and you can buy them wholesale. They'll give you just like a pound of lox for what used Mm -hmm. to be 18, now is $20 a pound. And like, here's the thing. I, I don't know what it is in Canadian dollars, but when you're getting good turkey, it's like... $13 $13 a pound. And that's not that different than $18 a pound when you think about it. And they're vastly sure. different products. So being able to buy something like a pound or or two pounds at a time and using it like deli meat has really changed my relationship with lox and also like mm-hmm. salmon, salmon roe. Uh, and all the other stuff that I can put on various things. So I'm very excited to talk about salmon, especially one because I love Acme and the, I love the company Acme, and I keep trying to get on their social media <laughs> and bothering their marketing team. But the other thing is that they also have incredible flavors there, not just regular. Okay. And I definitely want to talk about that today. Okay, okay, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I, I'm not from down there. I'm I'm from up here in the great cold north. Yeah, uh, but you so got I'm access to better salmon. That's fine. That's better. Well. Well, yeah, I'm, I was just going to say, I'm not familiar with Acme for much beyond their uh, comically large torpedoes and uh, anvil properties True. that they you know, distribute as well to most cartoon characters. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, like smoked, so so I have more of a relationship to smoked salmon than I do to lox. Uh, I think because it's maybe just a bigger thing in Montreal. Like I'm wondering yeah. if this is a Montreal versus New York fish culture thing. Because uh, you can definitely get like lox lox here, but I think it's more common to get smoked salmon here. And I suspect that that maybe just has some correlation to how much smoked meat there is here in general, right? Yeah, for like, sure. This is a smoked meat city. So you're getting a lot of smoked salmon in addition. We sometimes get salmon that's been smoked like smoked meat, which is fun. I had that for the first time a while ago. Can I ask you something? Re the smoked meat thing because you're from Montreal. Yeah, yeah. This really feels like the same thing of like, well, what do you guys get on your famous Montreal meat sandwiches? What is that called? 
smoked meat. Right. That's called smoked meat as, as opposed to pastrami. I feel like that's yeah. what we're talking about. This very small variation that feels yeah. similar, even if the process and origins are very different. Yeah, that's it. Where it's like at the end of the day, like I think if I ordered smoked smoked meat and got pastrami, I wouldn't be upset. No. No, no, no. And if I ordered lox and I got smoked salmon, I wouldn't be upset. You know, like they're they're different, but they're close enough that I'm like, if if someone puts the wrong one on a menu, I'm not going to be furious about it. You know, right, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I was doing a little like digging into this because I was curious about like who first smoked fish, right? Because it's it is such a thing that like seems like an obvious choice to do, right? If yeah. you live somewhere where there is fish and also fire, which is every place that has fish. Uh, <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> like at some point historically someone is going to have smoked some fish, whether intentionally or not, and realized it was tasty. Uh but I was curious about who first kind of like started smoking salmon within like what we know as North America or like Turtle Island, right? Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I mean, it's hard to get actual, like, written history around these things for probably obvious reasons, but, like, indigenous cultures here have been smoking salmon since time immemorial, but smoked salmon also exists in, like, ancient Greek and Roman cuisine and, like, in the Middle Ages and also, like, in Nordic countries. Like I said, basically everywhere that there is fire and also fish, there is smoked salmon. Uh, And there's something really beautiful about that to me because it's like, yeah, here's this fucking obvious thing that everybody loves. Let's do it. Let's find our ways of doing it and, like, make them our own, you know? This might be an American thing for me, but I find it so... When you smoke something that's not uh, meat, like... I'm like, what? You can do that? (laughs) It's like, I will watch that all the time on my TikTok if you show me your smoked salmon bites. Like, yeah, that sounds great. Um, So, yeah, of course, it's something that's very traditional, but it feels so out of left field. Yeah. And and it's interesting because I I think of it like, I don't know, in, in popular culture, when I think about smoked salmon, more often than not, I'm thinking about like Judaism. I'm thinking about Jewish people and and bagels and lox and and fish. And like I don't necessarily like in terms of like pop culture associated with anybody else really. Right. And I I think that's also really interesting, right? Cuz it it's one of those things that like like I was just saying, fucking everyone smokes salmon, but nobody like claims it quite like the Jews, you know? That's true. That's very true. I'm still just interested where where that came from. I'm sure you you know. Where does putting locks on bagels come from? So I don't actually know, but I have a theory. Okay, <laughs> Do you want to know my my maybe ridiculous theory? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so this is this is absolutely out of my ass. Uh, this is not a history thing. I do not know this as fact. I'm going to establish that right out of the gate. But what I like to believe, maybe my headcanon is what I'll call it, is that at some point when burgers were introduced in America, Jewish Americans saw cheeseburgers and were like, fuck man, I bet that's good. What's the closest we can get to that? And there was the bagel with cream cheese and lox waiting as an as an almost meat and cheese on a burger. Yes. Wait, I think I have something. I was looking at I was like, I wonder if Tom knows, but I'm looking it up right now. So what I'm seeing here 
from uh, this is from Buffalo Market. <laughs> there was a pod post that was published in January 20, 2022. Um, so the bagel is important. I'm sure you'll cover this on a bagel uh, bagel recipe that Jews uh, were making were making bagels back in the 12th century in Poland, where Jews were only allowed to work with bread that had been boiled. Shout out, incredible! Thanks, Crusades. Yeah. Fucking love yeah. it. So and yes, it's probably what you're coming to because once the uh, Jews came over to the United States and were living in New York City, I think specifically in the early 20th century. Uh, mm-hmm. This also coincided with the rise of like new types of breakfast, which is yep. also Eggs Benedict, which is usually English muffin with ham, ham or bacon poached eggs hollandaise. Now, I've Jews can't eat that one because mm-hmm. bacon is not kosher and two there's a kind of hollandaise hollandaise has dairy in it right it's cre- there's cream i think so yeah it's like an egg sauce yeah but uh, I, if there is yeah. cream but also that has dairy it has dairy in it so you can't have the meat with the dairy in the first place yeah so i think that that makes sense is that that lox and fish are parv they're neither milk nor meat so we can have it with our breakfast and have the schmear the dairy on it. And of course, because we were we were loving bagels, bing, bang, boom, that's where we get it. I'm not sure where capers came from, but man, capers are the best. Capers are fucking good. That's so much smarter as an explanation than my cheeseburger thing. My you cheeseburger thing I felt was, fucking were dumb. Super and close. Yeah. yeah. And in retrospect, like, yeah, obviously, like, breakfast makes more sense than burgers. But I was just sitting here thinking, like, man, a cheeseburger mm. would be nice right about now. And then I thought, that's like, you know, yeah, no, that but that that makes sense. And like, yeah, I looked it up. Hollandaise has butter in it. I, that's yeah, why I go. didn't think there was. Uh, I was like, there's no dairy in there because I wasn't picturing like pouring cream. I know. Into I was like, no, there has to be cream. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's butter. There this was a real podcast because you listen to us talk out of our ass and then vaguely do research. That's like how we roll here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> in podcast, listen. There was a, there, they cited this. This is from a Jewish culinary tradition. Uh, Jewish culinary historian Gil Marx. Here's an interesting thing. You know, the schmear is related to schmaltz, which is chicken fat, and that was something that Jews has been doing forever because Jews love working with chicken fat, and they would sure. you could spread cold schmaltz on bagels or rolls. And oh. that's where the schmear and the schmaltz are so similar. That's the schmear oh of fruit cheese. I would not have known that. I that's know. cool. I've I've never thought of smearing chicken fat on a, a bagel, except I've put duck fat on toast. So I guess that's not Pretty that close. Much of a Pretty stretch. close. Yeah. I mean, they it's were all making it themselves, so they just like had it. It's like they, it's just like yeah. in their ramekins, so they were just keeping around. Yeah, exactly. Never before I thought about how similar the words ramekin and yamaka are, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to mix those up. It feels like something that got rhymed <laughs> in Adam Sandler's The Hanukkah Song. <laughs> so put, put on your ramekin. It's time <laughs> for hamekin. Yeah, pretty close. My boss gave me the best gift months ago, and it was a like one liter tub of frozen duck fat. Whoa. And I just, whenever I'm in a pinch and we don't have butter or oil, I'm like, oh yeah, we have duck fat in the freezer. And inevitably the meal ends up being so much richer and like... Sure really beautiful and i'm like why don't i just always use this and it's because by treating it like a backup plan i'm making my backup plan that much nicer and mm. it's like is it a backup plan or did i save the best for last for sure see now i would love to pull this a little bit way back to locks because the thing you're saying is the opposite of how i feel about locks they're like okay. i you are taking something that is pedestrian like whatever you're having for dinner and then you're mm-hmm. souping it up with something that is 
impressive like duck fat right like this sure. ingredient makes it luxurious you know when you right. when you watch food television they're always like i made this pasta it's whatever and then i shave some truffle on it you know and then it becomes luxurious i like this idea here in the 21st century in the year of our lord 2023 that we can take something that's luxurious through hook by crook through wholesale buying and that now it feels a little bit more pedestrian if only, sure. like, we can live like kings a li- for a second, for a little bit, for a moment. We can have locks. I just have a pound of fish in my house. Mm-hmm. I also bring this fish to various places. I brought it to Nashville, which is where I'm going tomorrow. I'm visiting my mom. I brought my mom locks so many times. Just, like, in because it's sealed in a pa- in a package. And then I just, like, put it sure. in a cooler bag. And then we bring it on the plane. And then we just bring it to her. And it doesn't go bad because it's salted and cold smoked. So it's not like it's going to go bad or anything if I have it not in a fridge for, like, 12 hours. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know. There's something – I feel like I'm taking back something that mercantilism and capitalism (laughs) told me is too expensive. Yeah, I I think that's a really interesting thing about that. And, like, that plays into capers, too, to come back to those for a second. Oh, sure. Is that capers are another one of those things where you you take this tiny thing that's, like – a little expensive for the amount that you get, yeah. but you really only need like one or two in order to get the full experience out of them. And like, I think it's not a coincidence that those get paired with lox and cream cheese on, on that bagel and become like this perfect, like all encompassing flavor bomb. That's just so yummy. <laughs> yummy. Well, here's the thing. What other things do you have capers with traditionally? Cause I cannot think about it. Also capers themselves. Caper berries are weird. What the fuck yeah. are they? I well, so, when, I feel like I whenever you if I were to think of like hey name five foods that you would put on as a as a salt bomb I can say sure. pickles first I can say olives first I would say olive tapenade after I would say olives you know what I mean it's like capers are so low it's like oh no these are caper berries they're very special you can only buy them for like a twenty dollar jar in one corner of the spell of the specialty grocery store. It's like when you see when that one berry that gets eaten by monkeys and then gets turned into coffee. It feels like that. <laughs> like by the civets, yeah. Yeah. Well, so important capers and caper berries not the same. Oh, okay. They're right? not the caper berries are the big ones, the capers are the small ones. I think the difference is just that the capers are not bloomed yet and the caper berries are bloomed. That's so fruit. stupid. I don't know. Um, That's like the first like, time you heard that like broccoli and Brussels sprouts were the same type of plant. Like, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> shut up, brassica. You know, I don't they, care. But these ones taste different. They're, they're different. They have different uses. Um, uh-huh. But it's interesting because I, I actually have like, I've used capers for a lot of my life and I'm wondering why they seem like something that just like is around to me mm. and to you, they don't even come up in your top five list before tapenade. <laughs> I'm really... Uh, I'm curious about that. I'm, I wonder why I specifically think of capers as normal. And I'm curious, like, listeners, if you're listening to this and you're like, no, Eric is absolutely right. What the fuck is a caper? Please tell me, uh, because I, I'm genuinely not sure if this is just me. Um, and if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, out. also tweet at Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tweet at me exclusively. Uh, <laughs> and tweet at Acme uh, to tell them to make Eric the face of their social media I should be. while you're at it. Um, but no, uh, I think for me, like, capers... Yeah, obviously they give that flavor bomb on a bagel. They also go really well in a sauce. If you want like mm. uh, 
Like I put them in pasta sauces. Um, oh, I think traditionally they go in a puttanesca sauce. Sure, that's right. That was the only other thing I could think about. There's another dish that's uh, like alla norma, which is like uh, spicy with like uh, pecorino and um, capers and like mm. a couple other veggies on there as well. Yeah, they, they get used in Italian food, I think, a fair bit. I've definitely sure. had them in like some good salads. That's I mean, that does sound good. Yeah, like in a potato salad, maybe. It does feel like the caper got invented in like 1962. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't, it feels like someone genetically made it on behalf of like General Electric or something. And then it just got distributed. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't feel like something that like people would have been like going after, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I'm with It's one of those ones that you discover by accident, you know? Like, like who first looked at a, at a caper and thought like, yeah, let's eat that. Or like, I feel the same way about currants sometimes where I'm like, those look too much like poisonous tiny red berries sure. that grow on similar looking bushes that like, I wouldn't think to eat them, but we have a bunch growing in our front yard right now. And I like grabbed a handful off the bush on the way to work this morning and it was lovely. And then I walked past one of those bushes that has the poisonous berries that look exactly like them. And I was like, mm, this could have been a mistake. That does like, feel like a scene from a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, they're in, they're an ingredient in tartar sauce. There oh, we go. that's what they're for. Okay. okay. Uh, that yeah. makes sense. Again, yeah. It was invented in 1962. We nailed it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it's interesting because they're like they're from the Mediterranean, typically, mm-hmm. like from that kind of corner of the world. Um, and so I find it interesting that they ended up like becoming part of like a bagel and lox kind of setup because, like, you know, the the bagel with cream cheese and smoked salmon is American, right? Yeah, I don't know how capers gets in the mix there. Because this isn't even what I'm trying. I think that what we're feeling around for a little bit is a story like the Cobb salad. You know, the story of the Cobb salad. There's always like some variation of the thing where it's like the year was 1952 and it was the and it was the Brown Derby Club in L.A. And there were a bunch of there were a bunch of Hollywood actors who showed up and they're like, give me a sandwich. But the kitchen was closed. So the uh, the owner went in the back and said, the chef, go home. I'm making something. And he just pulled all the things for things from the uh, he just pulled all the things from the refrigerator. And then here it was. The cop's out. It's all the things that was in the refrigerator. Like we're looking even, of course, that story is stupid and apocryphal. It at least gives an explanation for why something right. is, which is also like all mythology, right? Like I would love, sure, it's like, yeah. well, the caper was invented when Zeus tried to have sex with a woman and she said no. And then he turned her into a caper. Like I, that I'm looking for something a little bit more pat. <laughs> let me, let me ask you, what is your relationship with locks? What is your relationship with locks? How do you feel yeah. about it? What, mm-hmm. How often have you had it? Mm-hmm. Who do you associate locks with? So I think I have more of a relationship with like smoked salmon, smoked salmon sure. than with lox, you know? So I might take it in that direction more just cause like we're kind of talking about both, you know, like we're, we're sort of popping back and forth between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is a, a like local cultural thing where like lox is more in New York and, and smoked salmon is more Montreal. Hey, um, I'm, I'm French over here. I'm on, hey. hey, I'm Canadian over here. Ici on parle français, okay? <laughs> Tabernac. Uh, yeah, I, I think, like, it's one of my favorite things to get when I, like, go out for brunch. Okay. Um, if I'm not getting, like, a brunch plate that is, like, the fat man or the construction worker <laughs> or the, like, 
big man eats food, like whatever that plate is called. It's like, hi, can I get a hot coffee? And the wow, it seems like you're getting divorced. It just looks really good. <laughs> yeah, on special today, we have uh, iced cappuccinos. And uh, if you're interested, we've got the, ooh, that's a big one. It comes with a side of potato. Hey, can you tell me how the, oh, it seems like you have a pound of duck fat in your freezer is prepared? Runny? Extra runny? Got it. Okay. <laughs> It'll be uh, two eggs over bacon uh sausage for the uh the kids here and then uh i will get the uh daddy's meal all right and then uh so would you like uh rye or whole wheat toast and when would you like the phone call to check in on you if you're okay <laughs> oh it's got to be rye baby <laughs> yeah no uh but i think for me it's like my my two go-tos when i go out for breakfast somewhere are either the like incredible plate yeah. you know th- that was supposed to be an incredible hulk joke but i don't the bit the big boy yeah. uh you know where you get like a couple kinds of meat and eggs and toast and potatoes and here it's always served with beans like fevo lard like beans in lard oh and that's cr- interesting Criton, which is like um the best i can describe it is if you've ever had spackle yeah okay uh it's like not wait is that what that's called I just Googled spackle to make sure I was saying the right thing. Scrapple. Scrapple. There we go. I figured you were trying to say scrapple. Spackle is what you put on your walls walls. to repair the holes in it. If you've ever just dug into a tub of spackle and just eaten that. No, uh, it's like scrapple, but um, loose instead of in a loaf. That's kind of interesting. It sounds like the hiker breakfast or the lumberjack breakfast. And of course, I've spent a lot of time in upstate New York, which is as close Mm -hmm. to Canada as you can get in so many ways. It's it's so interesting how your thing is like that is upstate New York diner, uh, diner plate mixed with the proper fry up English breakfast. Right, yeah, yeah. It it very much feels like that. So if I'm not getting that, I'm getting like whatever the like bagel with salmon and capers and everything is. See, this at that is place. this is where I need to push back because if I I okay. do not want to buy this at a restaurant because they will okay. give me the amount that they're going to give me, and I either mm. want like one piece, which is just a little snack snack, or I want it to be sure. piled as high as possible, which I mm. can do because it's mine and I'm taking it out of my freezer or I'm taking sure. it out of, I'm taking it out of my refrigerator. So I can control how much I want. Like, I already have a problem with this in general, um, which is why I've asked my wife to start ordering for me because I'm so bad at ordering food at restaurants. She always gets something infinitely better than me, and I always get something that's, like, the size of a silver dollar pancake. It's like, wow, I'm so excited for the chicken fried steak, and then it comes out, like, on one of those half-bowl plates where it's just, like, the little thing. Like, Jesus Christ, all right. Uh, So I've had her to start uh, ordering for me. I just can't have it at a restaurant because I need – it's never the amount of fish that I want it to be. Yeah, that that – I think is is extremely fair. Or at a deli, or at a deli, or a bagel place for that matter. I feel as no sure. matter what it is, unless we're talking about yeah. a lox spread, which is barely lox, mm. but I sure do like the suggestion of a saltier fish. Uh, and of course, it's always real. And I always kind of like it's like salmon pink. I I just find that charming. Yeah, I think the portion size doesn't bother me as much when I go out. Because here, typically, if you're getting something like that, they're also giving you like when I say like like breakfast culture here is like you get the the beans and the toast and the 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 croton on the side and everything like even if you get the bagel with the lox and the cream cheese you also get the beans and the toast and the like all the other stuff comes on the side you get the fruit like if they're not giving you the beans and the and the croton you're getting like a little fruit bowl like there's there's other things too you know all right yeah Um, that's different for sure so, so yeah so then the portion doesn't bug me as much but like I, you're right like obviously the ideal is like let me just pile this on to my heart's content 
Yeah. Which just can't happen really in like a, in a restaurant setting. For sure. Um, what, what would you do if you went somewhere and you know how some places everywhere you got salt and pepper at the table, that's a standard. If I walk into a restaurant and they don't have salt and pepper at the table, I walk the fuck out. Uh, but sometimes you get like parm, right? Like at my restaurant, we have a little jar, like a, a, a shaker of Parmesan. I mean, it's an Italian oh, restaurant, the shaker, right? Like, yes. I thought you meant like yeah. there was like a bowl of like shredded Parmesan cheese. And I'm like, that's the craziest thing <laughs> We actually ever. put a, a full wheel and little knives. That would be tight <laughs> as hell. That would table. be so cool. <laughs> Listen, if if I was doing like a like a table service kind of like an omakase kind of thing, but like an omakaseo or whatever the Italian version of it was, I would do that in a heartbeat. Just big old wheel of cheese in the middle. Um, but like, what would you do if you went somewhere and at the table there was just a heaping pile of fish? Like, no matter what else you ordered. Ah, uh, see, there is a thing about this because I've also had locks at like breakfast buffets, and it's oh, I always get it, and it's always garbage. <laughs> It's terrible. <laughs> and they might as well be giving me fish bones. It's always, right. but I can't resist it because that's what you're supposed to do at a buffet. You're supposed to eat as much of the expensive stuff as possible. So I'm always gravitating right. towards it. So I would uh, not. I would do it, but I wouldn't like it. Is if that happened? Yeah. I yeah, just think that's... that, like, I like what you're getting at. I just think that in in the association of it with the bagel, lox mm. is just a very very expensive topping and condiment for a bagel. I don't agree with that, sure. but I think that that's certainly how it's viewed um, because it's not kind of respected as a, as a protein on its own. Um, yeah. Which it should be because it should be like, I'm getting, or this is like you were getting a bacon, egg and cheese sandwich if you were, yeah. and then you should have sides with that. I, right. I think, or an, or an eggs Benedict for that matter, what we were just talking about, but it, it's not the same with the lots. And I feel like people should give sides. Maybe I would order it more. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's um there's this yummy it's restaurant. So here. yummy, yummy. Uh, so every once in a while, I go to this local brunch place that's really yummy, and uh, I find like half of what they have on their menu. I'm like, I agree a hundred percent with the way you chose to present this. Yeah. And the other half of the time, I'm like, what the fuck were you thinking? Um, and I'm not going to shout them out because that's damning. Can you give me um, an example? So like, yeah, actually, because it's the uh, the way that they do the smoked salmon bagel plate okay, okay. situation. Uh, so the good example from, from this same place is that I went and I got what they called the scoop plate, uh, which sounds like a nothing phrase, sure. uh, which is what drew me toward it because I was like, what's that? Sounds yummy. And uh, <laughs> it was, so you know, yummy. <laughs> They had a big yummy pile of tuna salad and a big yummy pile of chicken salad scoops, right? Sure. And then, um, like almost like a charcuterie board, where around these two scoops were piles of other things like pickles and olives. Oh and hell yeah! No, I love cucumbers that. and onions. Yeah, it was really great. And I was like, this is awesome. The smoked salmon situation mm-hmm. is that you get a bagel that has been cut open, sure. toasted, which is a sin. Right, especially for a Montreal bagel, yeah. I know. Well, and especially, like, I'm I'm not saying the name of this place, but anyone who knows will know because I'm about to really fucking narrow it down. This place is in a building that formerly housed a bagel shop. Rude. So rude. (laughs) So, like... It's really, really unacceptable what they do to bagels here. And uh, cream cheese, good, whatever. Good salmon. Don't get me wrong. Uh, You know, thin sliced red onion, capers, the whole nine yards. But you just get that it's just bagel yeah and that's salmon, probably like 22 dollars right yeah. yeah and that's exactly I don't what know i would why. like me. like 
in my mind, the perfect thing that they could do there is the exact same thing as the scoop plate, but with salmon, you know, like a yeah. heap of, of salmon in the middle and then go nuts with the rest of it. That's what I'm saying is and, it's the luxury yeah. item of this of the locks. That's what breaks yeah. everyone's brain. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because it's like it just it's like, it can't stand up. It's just fat. No, I wouldn't fatty isn't even the right <laughs> word. It's just. It's just unctuous and salty. Unctuous is the word. Though yeah. that's all it is. It needs more. Listen, yeah. I love popping a piece of lox into my mouth, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like I need to. I has to do something with it. I gotta put a piece of tomato right. on it. I have to put it on cream cheese or Greek yogurt, or I gotta put mm-hmm. or or I need to get one of these lox that are are um are rubbed and caked in this other type of spice. I'm missing something if it because it's so fishy. And I love right. fish. I love tin fish. I love gefilte fish. I love uh, making, I make salmon all the time. I love fish. It's still like crazy fishy, especially for something you're supposed to have for breakfast. Right. Yeah. Well, that's it. And it's like, if they give you, if they treat it more like a protein than they do mm-hmm. instead of treating it like a topping, it would just be better, right? Like you, you give it to us and you give us all the things that flavor it instead of using it to flavor something else. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's. I think I think that's where I'm at with it is like that's my ideal is that you treat it like the protein that it is, you know? Mm, no, I agree. Can I ask can I ask you a question, Tom? Of course. What types of bagels have you put locks on? I don't know how sure. I think we haven't talked about this, but I don't know if you have mm-hmm. like do you have the full array of bagels? that so that we do in the united states probably but i'm i'm hesitant to say like yeah for sure because who fucking knows right but like i think probably like we have your standard like sesame and poppy are like the two like sesame poppy and plain feel like the three kind of like the three horsemen of the apocalypse you got your everything okay. which is maybe the fourth or, or at least the dartagnan and then you've got like cinnamon raisin is a is a popular yeah, yeah. Option cinnamon raisin, that i like a lot cinnamon raisin is um, my personal favorite by the way I love a cinnamon raisin bagel. I have never put fish on it, but that sounds tight as hell to it's me. It's so is this good. Where you're going it's with this? so good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I I said this to the people at Acme, and they put me on their Instagram, and everyone roasted me on it. They know me as the guy as the locks on cinnamon raisin guy. I thought you said you were still trying to get onto their social media. Uh, no, What's I want to continue to be on the social media. Okay, okay. I've already done it. Okay, so then let me read out these popular bagel flavors, and then you can tell me okay. if you would put locks on them. Okay. Okay. Plain. Let me read out popular, and you can say yes or no if you would put locks on them. Oh, I'm sorry. You said plain. I thought you said play, and I was waiting for... Oh, sorry. Plain. I was like, what are you pressing play on? Uh, plain, yeah, I'd put I'd put locks on it. Sure. Okay, sesame. Yeah. Poppy. Of course. All right. Uh, garlic or onion? Yes, but I think I wouldn't order those. Sure. Personally. That's fair. Because I'm, my body doesn't love alliums. My mouth does, but my body doesn't. I respect So I that. would probably steer away. Yeah. Okay, so how about everything? Similar answer. Okay, uh, fair. I like an everything bagel, but my tummy doesn't. That's fair. Okay, how about some of the some of the really weedy ones, like multigrain wheat pumpernickel? Ooh, I'd maybe go for the pumpernickel. Multigrain bagel. It it feels to me like it's maybe trying too hard. I agree. But the thing is, I I think I would still put salmon on all of them. That, like that's I, true. if like if that's the question here, then just say yes to every single you one. You say yes? Yeah, okay, and of course, but, egg, I mean, egg is the god tier, is one of the god tier uh, bagels, egg for sure. Let's, how about, what how is, about, what is, hang on, hang on, what's an egg oh, bagel? Oh, you don't know what an egg bagel is. Okay, so imagine the way that you make challah, and that kind of stuff is in the egg, is in the batter of the, uh, is in the batter of 
um, the bagel. It's incredibly good. And there's like okay. egg, egg everything. It's really good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like this idea. How about a bagel that has extra fl- has extra cheese on it? Like, have you heard of an Asiago bagel before? Sure. Yeah. Ah. Uh, mm. I would not order an Asiago bagel with lox, sure. but if it was served to me, I would eat it. Okay. And I would probably be surprised that it's good. All right. But I wouldn't order it. Well, you know? let's walk our way over to the sweet bagels then. So cinnamon raisin, very good. I think it's incredible. So we sure. are totally like that. What about the blueberry bagel, the blue one? <sighs> Level with me. Are blueberry bagels good? No, they're they're goyish. Okay. They're so okay. good. <laughs> yeah, like I... I... <laughs> I've never had a blueberry bagel. There, there are some places here that sell them, uh, right. but I, I've not touched one with a ten foot pole. If that's someone's jam, that's fine. But I, uh, yeah. And I appreciate you as an Episcopalian Christian. You're probably great. I, I like you. Yeah, I exactly. like you for doing that. Um, and then, of course, there's like the other sweet ones, like French toast and the dreaded rainbow bagel. So a French toast bagel. What is that's like not that far off from a cinnamon raisin flavor wise. It's a li- it's right? a little bit sweeter, and I think it has like more mapley notes to it, which I think might be a little bit too much for my bagel taste. Okay, I think that sounds like too much for a bagel, but I actually think that the salmon would be a boon to it in that situation because yeah, it would maybe, maybe cut through the sweetness. It. Yeah, you know? in my head, yeah. it kind of has like banana bread texture vibes, and I don't know if okay. I'm just kind of making that up. Sure, I don't know. Yeah. Right. It's and a hypothetical a, bagel. Right. And then the rainbow bagel. Do you would you put locks on a rainbow bagel? I mean, yeah. You're so open minded. The thing is, like, I'm I'm trying to be open minded. I think with all of them, the locks would help. Even That's with the fair. ones that I think sound bad, the locks would help. Yeah. Is, is kind of where I'm landing on it. Yeah, that's it. It's it's more just like a lot of these don't sound like bagels I want. Mm. But I think the locks would make them more tolerable. No, I'm with you. Listen, I also love a pumpernickel. It's just, it's mm. kind of like sourdoughy. It's rye. It's like really funky. It's just that it has caraway seeds, which I absolutely hate. And again, okay. when you have caraway seeds in rye bread, that's also incredibly goisha. Do not do not put caraway seeds in my rye bread. So it's just like that kind of gets in my way because I sure. hate the taste of that licorice-y, the licorice-y mm. thing. But pumpernickel, okay, okay. rye, uh, locks on pumpernickel is absolutely incredible. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, I, I think... I think the thing with lox is that because it's salty and briny and like when, and when we're talking smoked salmon specifically, it's like got that smoky flavor too. Right. Like that to me, it's hard to fuck that up as an application, right? It's hard to put that on something and make that thing worse. Like I've had smoked salmon on pizzas before and it's been good. Mm. I've had smoked salmon on like sandwiches that were not bagels. Yeah, and it felt oh, for sure. wrong, but it was good. I was like, what are you doing? You were one step away from this being right. What are you doing? But it was good. Like, I've done the thing that you've described here multiple times where you just grab a filthy fistful out of the freezer and so shove it in your... Why do we keep saying freezer? Out of the fridge and just shove it in your mouth? Like, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that, like, if it's good, if it hasn't gone bad, and if it's been made by people who care about what they're doing, you can't go wrong, you know? I, I agree. I agree. Put it in your cereal if you have to. Weird. The only the thing that I need to stop doing because it always weirds me out is when I put locks in something like eggs and then I get locks hot. I'm like, I'm what? I'm ruining it. Why am I doing this? Because then it always tastes like badly cooked salmon. You know. <laughs> you know that David Lynch movie, Fire Locks with Me. Yes. Yes, I do. 
Okay, on that note, we are going to take a quick hop and a skip along the... We're going to take a yummy break. Ugh, hey, folks, it's time to get yummy. Uh, God. All right, we're going to, on that note, <laughs> mid-roll. Ooh, yum, yum. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with an amigo. For every new rating and review we get during the month of July, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. I came real close to saying a family in nude because it rhymed with food. And I'm just going to sit in that in that shame for a second. No, so by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. Uh, that's not a lot of salmon. I'm not going to lie to you. So uh, let's start leaving some rating reviews so that people can have salmon. The people need salmon. They need it. There's literally no other way to turn zero into six. So if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Uh, we are still trying to reach our Patreon goal of $50 a month. We are so much closer now than we were last time we recorded. Uh, we're up to, I believe, 41. So uh, if you got $9 burning a hole in your pocket and you don't have anywhere to spend it on fish, how about you spend it here on f- p- podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> When we hit the $50 a month goal, we will launch our No Bad Food Recipe Club, uh, where we're going to post new recipes every month for you to try out and share with your friends and family. And we'll like send you bookmarks with recipes written on them, which is cute and fun. And you can put them in your favorite cookbooks or just in whatever book you're reading. And then every time you open your book again, you'll see our logo and our QR code that sends you to our podcast and also a recipe that's like, hey, here's a recipe to, to eat. And then you'll think about food instead of thinking about whatever you're reading. And if that's not the goal of reading i don't know what is so go to patreon and sign up today at patreon.com slash no bad food pod uh let's get back to the rest of our yummy yummy episode welcome back folks we're here in the second half of no bad food uh talking with eric silver from multitude about locks smoked salmon and all things yummy. Yummy. So good. I'm so happy I'm on the yummy cast. Welcome to yum. Eric, you have multiple times mentioned flavored locks. Yes. Let's let's get into that. Tell me about this. Because I've not had a lot of like flavored versions of this. And I yeah. it sounds really exciting. I feel like when I say flavored, it's like we're we're talking about flavored alcohol. Like this is gonna be dragonberry <laughs> vodka locks. No, this isn't what I'm talking <laughs> about. The people, the good fine people over at Acme Fish Company have rubbed like stuff on the top of the locks. I think they make the locks and then they kind of rub it like you're rubbing, uh, I don't know, ribs or something. They kind of like, if you imagine the locks like cut and then out on like a plank or like a, the lo- the loin of it or whatever. You, you can envision it. You envision it and they rub it on sure, the top. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, re- it's really, really good and it kind of changes the whole experience. Everything we were talking about, how fishy it is, it tastes <laughs> like something else. So I really think it really starts to stand up. If sure. you're gonna treat it like a condiment or a topping, it starts to stand up on its own. If you treat it like a protein, you kind of can pair it with more things because that is an actual flavor profile. So right, right. We have the regular, the plain, the pre, the plain, the pre-sliced. Oh yeah, every time that you get it, it's like in a in like kind of a sealed plastic package and it's pre-sliced, sure, yeah, which is great. Yeah. So you have the plain and you have the gravlax, the two things we've talked about already. Now I want to introduce you to my best friend, Pastrami Locks. Hell yeah. It's 
Oh my god. If I could be buried in this thing, it would make me so happy. It's so delicious. It's so good. Uh, in the ingredients, the rub is garlic powder, spices, sugar, caramel color, and celery powder. Everything that you would see on pastrami is now going on top of the locks. It just kind of makes it more full-bodied. Like, it's, it's sure. a little... It's, I can't even describe pastrami seasoning, but it kind of just makes it a little bit more... Oof. Like the difference between corned beef and pastrami is what we're mm-hmm. talking about with locks sure. and pastrami locks. Okay, yeah. So that rules. And uh, similarly, like the, the Montreal version of that that I have had is uh, smoked meat, smoked salmon. Yeah. Uh, which like, yeah, it's like Montreal steak spice seasoning oh. rubbed all over some fish and then smoked and beautiful. Like my my sister-in-law brought this over for a brunch a little while ago and it was like life changing mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. and delicious. It was also the first time I had had um like a spread that was made of fish. Ooh. Like not a not a cream cheese flavored like fish, but a sure. spread fish. And That's I was good. like texturally this horrifies me, but I'm loving it, you know? Can I tell you just to pull over for a second? If you Screech. really want if you really want to feel fancy, go buy yourself some salmon roll and use that as your protein. That shit will make you feel fancy. Also, salmon okay. roll is infinitely more more affordable than like other types of caviar, and also mm-hmm. the the salmon eggs are really big. So it, they like it feels like a really weird experience, but it's really fun. I I cannot recommend it enough. It's almost like bubble tea. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just like salt. It's incredible. I know you're trying to gross me out, but now it sounds tight as hell. I would love that. That sounds great. All right. Next, I think I want to talk about something where they're just like fucking around to find out because they do quite sure. a quite a lot of that on here. Uh, there is lemon pepper locks. Sure. Sure. And okay. there is and there is uh, everything bagel spice locks. Okay. Which I can't I can't complain. The lemon pepper is very like very acidic in the lemon pepper mm-hmm. that you love from wings they're really bringing this over the dehydrated lemon flavor is very sharp so i don't okay. love it i've gotten it once i don't love it as much because i end up like you know i put it in salads i put it on toast i put it on bagels i put it on everything and it just feels like a little bit too much of the same flavor over and over sure, but it's really yeah. cool and i like that they did it it's interesting to me that it's like dehydrated lemon and not just like lemon juice in there. Well, no, no, I'm like I'm saying it's very. It might be lemon juice. I'm just saying it feels dehydrated, you know, because it's so sharp. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're called they call it lemon flavor, so it's natural flavors in canola oil together. Um, I don't really know how they do it, but that's what it <laughs> yeah, says. Yeah. That's what it says <laughs> on the ingredients, and then it also sure. has black pepper and celery powder. So there's that kind of little black pepper spice with uh, this like umami celery powder stuff and sure, i mean yeah. listen i can't hate on the everything bagel spice unfortunately you can get it everywhere all of the time <laughs> but i do like that they do it i mean it has everything black sesame seeds garlic onion sesame seeds poppy seeds and celery pretty good mm-hmm. pretty good i yeah, mean i can't you can't good. knock it it just it tastes exactly how you think it would taste and then they start to get a little weird they really like getting weird because they just like half salmon. It's almost like, uh, you know, when you're at a brewery and then they make something real, a really weird beer that only like four people like. That's how sure, it feels. Yeah. Hang on. I'm going to I'm going to write down three flavors on here that I think are just nuts enough that you're probably going to say one of them. Okay. And then I'm going to hold this paper up to the screen if you say one of them. OK, because I, I have a feeling that at least one of these is about to happen to me. And if no, I'm that's right, fair. I'm going to be really excited. That's uh, fair. Cotton candy locks. Don't do that to me. That sounds no good. <laughs> Poutine locks. All right. All right. I'm ready. Yeah. Keep going. So they, they, these two that I'm going to read to you are named after people who worked there. 
There's a okay, David sure. Burke <laughs> there's a David Burke pastrami, which is the pastrami rub plus it's like candied almost with molasses, which okay. they it's like a sweet and spicy sort of thing. I think that's also a precursor. They have something called salmon candy, which is where it's like sweet salmon jerky, which is really sure. good. I've tried it before. It's just like gets very sweet that, all of a sudden. That is actually a uh, an indigenous thing. Oh, okay. Originally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. All right, wonderful. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, they yeah. also have something called Gary's Special, which they do all the time. <laughs> but Gary is like a, a very well-known guy who works there, and they always do some sort of like weird cold-smoked special. The This one that they have this week is Sweet Chai, Sweet Thai Chili. They've had like jalapeno. Uh, they've had like Hawaiian before. They've had like jalapeno mango before. They're, but it, it always ends up being poke-ish. If you can sure. imagine that, it's like really dumping big pieces of stuff onto this cut salmon, and uh, right. with, and it's thicker cut, so it's almost like poke. Okay, okay. But my favorite one, and I think something that's really caught the eye of a lot of people because it's got written up in the New York Times, is the Togarashi lot. Fuck yeah! Yes, let's <laughs> go. That was on my list. Bang bang! Yes, Togarashi. Boom. That is the new the new heat hotness from Aki Fish. Amazing. That that sounds perfect to me. We were doing a togarashi kachioi pepe at the restaurant a little Ooh, while baby. back. That was crazy. And it, it really does make sense for Lux. I mean, the, the chili peppers with the paprika, the orange, mm-hmm. and then you add the, and then they add the seaweed, celery powder, yeah. and then different types of uh, sesame seed. I know yeah. it's a little like, wow, let's take something from Japan and put it on this blank. But man, it does really work. I've gotten it a few times. Sure. It's really, really good. <laughs> it provides a level of heat that isn't like everything bagel or or I know heat quote unquote but it provides a level of heat from the paprika Mm -hmm. and the chili instead of just like black pepper which I really like yeah for sure well and with togarashi it's not like an aggressive heat either right it's just like a heat heat which is ideal yeah it's really fun Um, for putting on stuff you can't use it as freely like you can throw the the pastrami locks on anything but the togarashi feels very specific for like toast uh, and right. sandwiches, so you can you can only use it sparingly, but it's really cool, man. It's really really cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm into it. That that sounds so good. Here's the write up from the New York Times. For some reason, they only wrote one paragraph about it. I don't know where this was, but and also the photo of it is like it's in a rice bowl for some reason. It's so sure. weird. It's like on brown <laughs> rice next to a big <laughs> thing of cilantro. Like it's like a bon mi bowl or something. It's so weird. That's wild. Okay, can I tell you what my other two were? And you tell me what you think of these ideas? Because I think both of these sound like they'd be good. Uh, And I'm curious if they've done it already. Uh, So the first one I had written down was Togarashi. Uh, So that feels like a big win. The second one I wrote down was like Cajun blackening seasoning. Ooh, no, I think that might be a little bit too like... I think the thing about Cajun, I think the thing about Cajun seasoning is you have to cook it. And Mm -hmm. the thing about lox is that it is cold salted sure. so i think that like the uh, they the cajun seasoning wouldn't get rounded into form i don't know because i because i'm thinking about it and it's like it's not super different from what i'd put on like an everything bagel except it's like spicier maybe sure sure for yeah you know? i just think that the fact that like it's packaged like that if it gets too spicy then you're like oh i'm gonna throw out this pound of fish that i ate if it's a little bit if it's too overpowering for just being able to mm-hmm. eat it on a piece of toast 
Yeah, that's fair. I've been very much on TikTok lately. And of course, you always run into like those Cajun dudes who like have the most ridiculous accent possible making a ton of food on like their giant grill flat top. So it's like, oh, now we're going to put the Cajun seasoning on the locks now, now, now. <laughs> and I, I want that. I very much want that. My my third one on there was Old Bay. Yeah, that that one feels on the nose. I think it might be a little bit too, again, like, assimilation of juice. I'm <laughs> just, like, taking Old Bay and rubbing it on there. I'm like, it's not crab. We, we can't do it. We can't do it. Yeah, that's fair. I I found it really funny. I um so I ordered like I ordered a big jar of Old Bay off Amazon because you can't find that in Montreal. Like that's not something that gets sold up here. Really, really. I guess uh, that makes sense. It feels very American. I think it's because they don't want to pay for the uh, franchisization of it as a product. Like they just haven't bothered. Because um, a thing that you might not know about Quebec is that uh, the government here fucking sucks, and yes. uh, everything here has to be in French in addition to being in English, if it's in English at all, uh, with the exception that, like, if it's not in English either, they don't care as much. So, like, you can get away with having stuff that's, like, imported from, like, Italy or Japan that just has Italian or Japanese on it. Uh, and huh. usually they'll just kind of, like, walk past it and be like, eh, meh, meh, meh. but if as soon as it's English, if there's no French on there, you're getting a fine. Um, and so uh. we just don't have Old Bay here. So I got some, right? And... Uh, <laughs> I was really entertained to discover that it was kosher. Uh, but really? Then, I mean, I guess there's nothing in it. Yeah. But, like, also on the bottle, there's a whole crab. Like, it shows you a crab, and it's like, here's this kosher spice rub that you can put on crab. And I'm like, y'all missed the point a little bit here. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's <laughs> fair. It's very funny, though. I like that. Yeah. It's yeah. a good uh, good little juxtaposition. Um, but, yeah, togarashi, salmon, into it. Perfect. Right. Ideal. And I just yeah. think that, like... I like that we're enhancing locks and mm-hmm. putting the rub on the locks. Because, again, yeah. the uh, here I live in a Christian country, and folks don't know how to act around locks. So, again, it's almost like they're using it like it's it's bagel garnish. Or it's right. like, ew, I don't like that. It's too fishy. Like, grow up. You're a child. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I, I'm like that they are kind of empowering it as its own protein and being able to hold like locks can very easily hold all these spices they're all delicious it's just whether or not you want to eat like four slices of it you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly it's uh it's one of those things where i feel like i would like to eat four slices of it but like the average person might not yeah does that feel like a fair a fair statement Uh, i don't know i'm not sure i mean some of these are a little bit overwhelming and some of them are like too sweet or or too spicy like Mm -hmm. if you have too much of the togarashi you're gonna have a bad time um yeah so it's all kind of whatever you alluded very briefly earlier to maple what do you what do you think Maple with fish. Oh, you I mean, okay I, with it. Uh, maple with fish. I feel like just for salmon. Like I get it. I've again the salmon candy is really good, and I think it's, it's really similar. Good. It's very mapley. Um, but again, it, it's salmon has a very special, uh, a very special place in my heart just for that, mm-hmm. for that specific flavor. And I also love maple. I love maple syrup. Um, sure. So I don't want to besmirch the good, my good flavorful uh, syrup who I love so much. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, last week's episode of this show was about maple syrup so it feels like a nice little tie-in yeah i mean 
for me, like maple and salmon together makes a lot of sense as a flavor combination. Like, I don't know, there's a smokiness to it. There's a sweetness. They, they play off each other nicely. But also I think that just feels like something that is ingrained in me geographically a little bit. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Although the first time that I had like a maple grilled salmon was actually on the West coast where like it is less of a thing maple, but more of a thing salmon, I guess. So, you know, but like, yeah, you know, those, those two flavors are close to my heart and i think playing them off each other can be a really uh a really wonderful thing yeah no i'm with you i mean salmon usually feels like it should be cured or at least cooked mm-hmm. i i think about how salmon sushi became popular do you know about this no oh yeah so salmon is actually was not a traditional sushi fish for two reasons okay. one you can't really fish for salmon in Japan. That's not one of the fish sure. that's in their uh, in their waters. And two, salmon you can't eat it raw. Uh, salmon is filled with parasites, uh, right. and so if you eat it raw, you're gonna have a bad time. So, however, once salmon started, sorry, once sushi started getting popular in the United States, then people, then Americans were like, oh, I want salmon sushi, and no one knew how to do it. So, all salmon that you get. That is quote unquote sushi grade has actually been has actually been flash frozen first to kill all the parasites. Okay, so it's not traditional. So if you're sense. gonna fuck around yeah. and find out, do it with sushi grade salmon. Sure, that's interesting. I knew that the salmon. So when I worked at the butcher, yeah. the fish guy told me that all the salmon that we got was flash frozen before getting shipped to them and i just assumed it was because it had to get to us right and it's like yeah that makes sense flash freeze the fish that you're shipping because it's being shipped right i didn't realize that was what made it sushi grade yeah interesting yeah you learn something new every day for sure i think it's more about like the quality of the fish more than the flash freezing so i think that that's how i feel like salmon regardless of how i'm eating it if it's high quality fish it's gonna be good and i I just kind of i like that feeling um Mm -hmm. just how if you what I'm thinking about locks. I love that. Do you have any final thoughts, any final words of wisdom about our fishy friend? No, I just think that I think everyone should give it a chance. I think if you like it, you should buy yourself some. We only live on this earth for so long and let's spend $20 for you to at least eat fish like a like a cat that uh a, that a billionaire left all their money to, you know what I mean? So, mm. do it. It's 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 fun, it's nice. Acme fish is the best. Um, that's why also when I, I don't buy it when I, I don't buy like lox dishes when I go out because when they're like, oh, you have this thing and there's pastrami lox on it. And I'm like, have that in my fridge, get fucked, not buying that. (laughs) Um, and it's delicious. I mean, if that's the only place to get it, but Acme has really, has all of the, all of the distribution that you can get of Acme fish is all really high quality. And they, there's like, I, my mom told me she saw it in Kroger. They definitely have it in Whole Foods. Um, so go try it. It's good shit. Yeah. Sounds good. If you aren't already deeply, intimately familiar with salmon, go put it in your mouth because it's yummy. It's yummy. It's so yummy. Yummy for your tummy. Go ask your mummy and get some fish. Terrible. For your tummy. No, no, thank you. Yummy. I'm unsubscribing. I'm unsubscribing. Oh, no. <laughs> No, now I have to take $6 from the depot. <laughs> it's funny because I, in addition to supporting them, frequently end up having to use their services because we're poor. Wahoo. Capitalism. Great. Hooray. How's that for circular? Uh, folks, Eric, thank you so much for joining us on No Bad Food. Do you want to tell the people at home where they can find you, what they can do to consume you? Yeah, go listen to all those shows that Tom listed off before. They're all really good. 
Um, I'm on TikTok now. I'm Eric the Silver. It's been a lot of fun just doing TikTok stuff. Yeah, now I'm just been thinking about all the locks that I have in my fridge right now. So I'm super hungry. And uh, I'm going to finish this plug. Sweet. Sounds good. And on that note, thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? You can hit us up on the socials at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Teffer Bear and at Tom Zalatna. You can find Eric at El Silvero. That's uh, his name if he was a Lucha Libre wrestler. That's me. You always say if as if you're not actually as a if Lucha I Libre was. wrestler. No, it's fine. As if I was. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Chantal, formerly known as Second Chantal, Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Andrew, Second Chantal, formerly known as Chantal, David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Caroline, Rachel, and Aslam. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show so if that's exciting for you and there's a food you want to hear us talk about get your butt over to patreon and make it happen we also have merch and you can hit the merch link to get your butt into something with our logo on it uh, from our lovely friends at the pod cavern merch store and of course you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend maybe a friend who uh, loves fish or maybe a friend who doesn't love fish share it with your friend who's got a yummy mummy and share it of course with your dad our theme music is by zach don't be fooled by the locks that i've got ingles and our cover art is by david you make me feel like i've been locked out of heaven flam <laughs> you can find links for both of them in the description of this episode and last but certainly not least the show is produced and edited by me tom zalatni as part of the pod cavern network you can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com see you next week bye understand just takes a little time, it takes a little time, it takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind, we'll take it slow this time. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Report. Set collection. Discrepancy straight-lined, Moth said. Meet Moth. Moth travels everywhere and every when in search of often deadly discrepancies and tries to make sense of the briefs she gets from collection. There were holes in the brief, you know. I don't like that. The Moth Collection Podcast. It's science fiction with a little bit of horror. It's weird and funny and romantic, and there won't be another season. 14 episodes, and that's it, people. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Podcavern. What Mega Man boss would make the most terrifying kaiju? I, for one, want to be the first to welcome our new kaiju overlords. How would Adam Sandler fit in the MCU? I injected myself with the Green Goblin serum. Oh! Debate This is a podcast that asks the questions about your favorite video games and comics that no one is asking. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you download podcasts. And on social media at Debate This Cast. None of it's that so is mind control. Though. It's so close. It's not it's, so close. It's, it's,